0: Simmons. Is this the
1: Battleborn
0: Phantom. Hello and welcome back to the Battleborn Least Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Joshua Anselmo, joined by my co hosts, Mike and Giuseppe. Boys, the Leafs blow another lead. They lose 6-3 a Madison Square Garden to the New York Rangers. How are we feeling after that one?
1: Hi Mike. Not a great loss. Not a uh, great loss. No, that's not that's not one of those ones that uh that the Leafs just or like that the uh, or Rangers earned, I'd say. I'd say that's one of the ones the Leafs just gave away. It was their game to lose, and they uh they lost it for themselves. Took the foot off the gas and let them back into it and let them skate away with it.
2: Yeah, you know what? This time we're not even talking about blowing leads. We're talking about five unanswered goals. So it's kind of a uh, disappointing to see my favorite team pulling stunts like that. But uh you gotta get past it.
0: Well, you know, Mikhail opens the scoring two minutes and forty four seconds in, gets his sixth goal in seven games. Then Marner gets a power play goal for the first time in like 100 games, which felt like, you know, it felt fake seeing that. Then Reeves just decides to score his first of the year to make it 2-1. We got Bunting, who scored after that, to make it 3-1. Then after that, the Rangers just decided to fight back in it. Reeves scored his second of the year and second of the game, followed up by uh, ex-Norris winner Adam Fox, then Ryan Strom, then Chris Kreider, who we touched upon last episode. And then Adam Fox again nails the dagger and Leafs blow another lead from 3-1 to one to a 6-3 loss. Uh, this game, like you guys have basically summed it up, was very disappointing as a Leafs fan. Very frustrating. Like, you can tell in my tone, I'm not happy at all about this game. This episode's going to be a little more, I guess, aggressive than usual episodes because I'm usually op- the optimistic one of the group, but... This was an awful showing. And, um, you know, it doesn't even get better after the game because Keith comes out and says that the team is basically soft twice. And then he said, like, you know, like, that they didn't play with, like, a purpose. And honestly, I don't even know where to start with that. Dan, I'll start with you. Uh, you, by far, have the most playing experience. If a coach comes out to you after a game and says, you know, the team's soft and you guys are playing without a purpose, how do you even start to, like, fix that? Like, where do you even go with that? Because I can't even touch up on that because that, like, I'm, I'm lost right there. That's not good from the coach.
1: Well, I'll tell you from personal experience. First of all, before we get into that, I just want to kind of retouch up on what I said. I said the Rangers uh, didn't win it themselves. I'm going to kind of go back to that and say the Rangers did play actually a very good game. But if the Leafs just continued to play they were supposed to play and the way they were playing, it shouldn't have been a 6-3 Rangers win. In fact, the, I think the Leafs should have won that game. But going back to your point, how we would handle it and how we would fix that is probably, if we had a two-hour practice, it would probably be 120 minutes of battling. Pucks in, guys going one-on-one at each other, going in the corners, going at it. That's how we would always, <laughs> that's how we would do it. It sucks. Trust me, it really sucks. It's almost worse than bag skating, but it, it helps. <laughs> I'm not going to lie.
0: All right, what do you think, Joe?
2: Yeah, you know what? I have a little bit of playing experience compared to Dan, but I've heard it many times where the coach just, whether it's being too soft or making mistakes or whatever the coach is getting mad at us for, you know, the Leafs know they're making the mistakes. They know they're playing soft because it's been a rough couple weeks, but we haven't seen any uh, sort of change. Even the one game, in St. Louis where we did win. It wasn't the Leafs win. It wasn't the 3 nothing, 3-1 high-scoring game. It was back and forth. So, I don't know. The Leafs, something's obviously not clicking right now.
0: You know, I just find it tough when you're a coach. Like, for a team like the Leafs to have their back against the wall all regular season long, every little good thing they do is immediately related to the postseason oh is that going to happen in the playoffs can they keep that in the play- every single thing you hear about the Leafs revol- uh you know around positivity is always connected to the postseason and when I hear that Sheldon Keefe comes out and calls the team soft not once but twice and then says that you know per- like no purpose out there and that's how they're playing it it's deflating it really is and you know, I have a lot of hope for this team. You know, I'm really optimistic about how this year, you know, is going to finish out. But there is just no way in uh, defending this Leafs team right now. Like, there is none. They're See, here's the thing, though. They are playing good hockey sporadically. In different times, they're a fantastic team. But it's been since the pause where they've kind of given up these leads. And I know the analytics show that, surprisingly the narrative around, you know, this leaf team blows leads, the analytics show that they're actually, you know, not the worst team in the league in that aspect. There's actually some other teams that are worse, but, you know, I think this is just, uh, you know, one of those ebbs and flows. The season's never going to be completely perfect. The start they had was killer. It shocked a lot of the haters. You know, they were top in the league for a long time. They were winning consecutive games. I think this is just one of those rough patches You know, I flicked on the Vegas versus Penguins game. I think it was, like, last Saturday night. And Vegas started off the game 3-0. And then they ended up choking that lead. And then uh, right after that, I think it was uh, the Colorado game. They also blew a lead after they played Toronto. So those are teams that are considered cup contenders. So for people that are going out there bashing this Toronto team right now because they're blowing leads, I know it's frustrating. I'm not happy at all. That should have been an easy two points last night. This team was firing. They beat Shesterkin. Not once, not twice, but three times early on in that game. That should have been a breeze to the end. But, you know, I think they miss Kasha a lot, you know. Kasha's a guy that he like. he's so underrated What he brings to this team. He is so quick. He plays defensive. He goes two ways. He's a hard worker. He even has that offensive touch. This team really misses him. And, uh, you know, I think they kind of got exposed last night with their depth within this team. Alex Biega, who's considered that eighth defenseman of the, on the team, really showed that he is the eighth defenseman of this team. You know, he made lots of mistakes here and there. We didn't see the best from Dermott last night. You know, it starts to look like, did this team actually miss Justin Hall, right? Justin Hall was out with uh, COVID protocols still. He's stuck in Arizona. No Jake Muzzin, who's dealing with a concussion. This Leafs team has some serious depth problems on the blue line. And, uh, you know, you can't rely on the young guys with the Marlies to come up and fix that. Like, do you guys agree?
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I think, like, it's also one of the biggest things is just consistency. We've seen, like you said, spurts of, like, greatness from this team, even in, like, the recent time after the break, like you've been saying. And uh, they just, they throw it away. They play great. They play amazing. So, you know, it's not like, it's not that they can't do it because you're seeing them do it or watching them do it. But for some reason, they just decide to, take their foot off the gas, and let the team back into it. They get all high and mighty. They think they've already won the game. And then that's what happens game in, game out. So they need to fix that. They need to get their heads on straight. I don't know what they're going to have to do in practice or what Sheldon Keefe is going to have to do to this team, but they they need to fix it. It's just sheer consistency.
2: Yeah, I'm going to touch on what Josh said. You know, maybe it's just a little rough patch right now. We saw it at the beginning of the season, too. But the thing is, right now, you have 82 games to make up for a few bad games. But in the playoffs, you only have four losses, and you're out. And like Josh said, our our depth on the blue line, you can't rely on all the young guns to fix problems on the NHL, Toronto Maple Leafs. And in the playoffs, you never know what's going to happen. If somehow you lose a defenseman early in the series – is this a sign that that's the end of the series if we lose a Justin Hall, Jake Muzzin? So I don't know. I I'd say for the season, I still don't have any worries for the season. Obviously it's disappointing to watch what happened to the Leafs last night, but I guess you just got to move on.
0: You know, Joe, what you just said there, I remember last year's playoffs when Muzzin got hurt, I believe it was, uh, I can't say which Canadian exactly it was because I don't remember exactly, but I remember there was a report after the playoffs that they said once uh, Jake Muzzin got hurt, they kind of knew they had the series in the bag. That's how they felt. Uh, You know, they really felt comfortable going into Game 7 against this Leafs team without Muzzin, and I think that speaks volume, you know, like some serious weight to that is this Leafs team is like got a problem on the back end, and if they don't fix it now, then you know, as much as I want to believe that they can go toe-to-toe with Tampa and Florida and Boston in the playoffs, I know nobody's really talking about the Bruins this year, but they are humming right now. I don't care what just happened in the Carolina game where they got blown out. They got the doors blown off them. That was a team that won five straight Went into that game. They got two Rass back. They're linked to bringing in Krejci uh, when he's done playing over there in Europe uh, for that little kind of playoff run. That's a, that's still a dangerous team. I've been saying it. They have a good culture over there. That's a playoff hockey team. You never want to go against Pasternak, Bergeron, Marchand. So I still consider the Bruins as one to watch. But right now, the way Florida's putting up touchdowns and the way Tampa Bay is getting that goaltending from Vasi and you know Kucherov's return, right now it kind of looks like this Leafs team is a little bit behind those you know teams. Maybe not Boston, given if you look at the season as a whole so far. But I'm getting a little worried. And I think, you know, like I said on podcasts before, episodes before, I don't think this Leafs team is going to go in at the deadline. I really don't. I don't think they have the draft capital to do so. They only have three select uh, pick selections this year. And we see how Dubas prioritizes the draft. I can't see him going out there and just, you know, dealing picks like he's done in the past. I really think this year it's going to be minor depth ads, which I think is positive. I think they can go out and get, you know, maybe – a cheaper right handed option, and you can kind of with term and then kind of develop him in a way. Because I think you can still get something decent for Dermott. I know, you know, here in Leafland, we don't really prioritize Dermot as something, but I think other teams do, you know, given that he's a younger defenseman and he still has, you know, potential to grow and he's, you know, kept under term for a little bit longer still. He wouldn't be a pure rental. So I think you could get something from him. And I definitely think he's going to be the odd man out because I think that left side's pretty much locked down between Morgan Riley. Um, Jake Muzzin and Rasmus Sandin. They also have prospects coming up the system that they can move, but I just, I can't see this Leafs team going all in like we've seen in the past. And I really think there's going to be a lot of Leaf fans that are going to be calling for Dubas's head, but I, I'm just saying that's, that's what we've got to look to expect because I can't see them going out and burning assets. Do you guys agree?
2: Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, we saw it last year where we were trading first and the year before and obviously, we don't have that capital this year, but at the end of the day, it's not a matter of building a playoff team because we do have the playoff team. It's about, like I said, building the depth, you know, like I pray we, the Leafs will remain healthy throughout the playoffs. We don't have to worry about Jake Muzzin like we did last year, but we have the team. We just need to worry about the what ifs. And yeah, Josh, you said it perfectly. So then what do you think
1: um i honestly think like shaking it up too much is not a good thing like changing the roster constantly is like it, it kind of ruins the chemistry like you had in the room like you get something good going in the room and uh even if it's like not showing on the ice at that moment it's just building it's building you build this chemistry and then that's when you start to like perform better and better and better And the Leafs have something right now. And I know if they continue to play and continue to grow as a team, they will just get better and better and better. So that's why I think they should not keep making these changes, keep trying to fix this, fix that by getting players in and out. I think they should just try to work on these players, work on the players they have now, because they're obviously a very good team and they're very good players.
0: No, I think the best thing right now is just to, I guess, move on in a way after this game. So let's transition over to the Islanders game. Uh, The Islanders, the New York Islanders, my least favorite team in the National Hockey League. I cannot stand the Islanders. I respect the hell out of the franchise. The franchise has got a ton of history. You know, one of the most historic franchises within the league. I have a lot of respect for Barry Trotz, but you can make a case for the best coach in the national hockey league i'm 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 certainly like gonna say that he's definitely top five top three even you know he's hell of a coach but i cannot stand this team and i respect lou lamorello this islanders team is falling down the standings hard because they refuse to use the offensive flashy pieces that they can go out like matt barzal i'm sorry he's he's being used terribly in new york you the second this guy gets traded It's going to do a lot better. You're going to see them all over Highlight Reels. They don't deploy them to have that freedom that you would have on any other team. They're so stubborn with that defensive system, you know, playing the trap all game long. They're so boring to watch. They can't score. They can't. Let me pull up the analytics right now. They are 30th in goals per game, 28th on shots on goal per game. They have the 23rd ranked power play. They have the 29th ranked shooting percentage. This team offensively can't can't do really anything. And I can't stand this team at all. You know, the Leafs, they put a couple goals up on these guys. You know, this should be a game where the Leafs just got to outscore them. You know, th- this Islanders team, once you get three goals on them, then they, they do this kind of dirty stuff where they goon it up and they take a ridiculous amount of penalties. So the power play tomorrow needs to be clicking because if they do, they're going to burn these guys. And I really hope they do. I can't stand the Islanders, like I've said. like You guys don't understand my frustration with this team. Uh, What are you guys looking forward to tomorrow night?
1: Um, I'm just going to start off by saying I don't think it's going to be too hard to outscore the Islanders based on the fact that our leading point getter, leading goal scorer has more goals than their leading point getter has points with 25 for Matthews and uh, 23 points for Barzell. Um, but yeah I'm really hoping the Leafs can wipe the floor with the Islanders just because I'm not a big fan of the team either respect some of the guys in the organization like you were saying I do like Barzell uh Lula morello obviously the ex uh, Leaf GM and then Barry Trotz is a great coach but uh yeah just like after the, all the Leafs with Tavares and the Islanders fans and everything like that it kind of made me kind of bugged me a bit so I really hope, especially with the game we just had, the Rangers game, we can bounce back from that, play a full 60-minute game, and just dominate and win this game.
2: Yeah, I agree with Dan. He mentioned you both mentioned Matt Barzell, and I think this guy is absolutely amazing. Josh, you said that he's not you being used properly on the Islanders. And I completely agree with you. He I've seen him on highlight reels before. And He's a spectacular talent, but we also talked about this a couple episodes ago of trap games. We talked about Arizona, and you know what? If I want to be confident going into Saturday's game against the Islanders, it's always a ringing thought in my head, you know, what, it's always like, what ifs, what ifs, what if it's another Arizona game, but you know what? Dan touched on it. He said the fans and how they treat Tavares there. I just want the Leafs to use that as motivation to kind of blow the doors off the Islanders because I really dislike them as well.
0: Well, you know, like Dan said, you know, and so so do you, Joe, about the fans. This is a tough place to play, New York in general. and Now, I know they got a new building, a new barn. The record's not that good this year. So, you know, there's no, oh, they're so good at their home arena. So this is a tough team to play at home like the rangers i mean uh the rangers yeah the rangers we played them uh you know in the last game we talked about msg that's such a hard place to go and play the islanders though their fan base i remember last year in the playoffs they get loud they're crazy it's an awesome barn i know they got a new one but you know it's tough to go into long island and a team that plays such dry hockey and they really give you little to nothing. And it's all about you taking advantage of your opportunities because you don't get very many. Uh, You can definitely exploit this team. Don't get me wrong. There is holes in their game and we're seeing it this year. This is a team that refuses to go out and get goal scores. And this is why I truly believe they have not made a Stanley cup finals appearance since Tavares left. I fully guarantee if Tavares was still in the Islanders, they would have been in the Stanley Cup final already because I think if they had that secondary scoring to undergo Barzal, this team would be one of the best teams in hockey with that blue line they have down there in Long Island. You know, Pollock, he's not playing in this one, but they got Pellick, who's a hell of a defenseman. They have Scott Mayfield, who's a guy I wish the Leafs can go ahead and acquire in a trade. You know, he's got a year left after this one. Maybe that's the guy Dubas looks at at the deadline. Um, they got that young guy, Noah Dobson, former Team Canada guy. He's having a heck of a year as well. This is a really strong hockey team. But when you go out there and use your free agency uh, moves on guys like Zach Parise and Zdeno Ochara, like, it's just frustrating. You know, like, go out there. Go get your team a goal scorer. They gave so much money to Kyle Palmieri, who has one goal this season through 25 games. Kyle Palmieri, one goal through 25 games, total of seven points. is supposed to be that, you know, goal scoring option on the Islanders. They haven't got that from him. That's an awful contract. You know, he looks like he's taken, uh, like, steps off from what we've seen in the past. Brock Nelson's really their big, you know, forward, like, Anders Lee, what happened to him? I know he's coming back from ACL, uh, you know, an ACL tear, which, you know, credit to him for building his way back. But this team is Barzal, then Brock Nelson to drive the offense. I'm sorry. I'm a huge hater on this team. I can't stand the Islanders. I think the way Lou Amarillo has approached this, has been awful now like they can't get over the hump to beating tampa tampa just outscores them and uh, in game seven last year look tampa needed one goal to beat these guys one goal it's all takes against the new york islanders i have full faith in the leaves tomorrow night that's kind of it for my frustration rant on uh, the islanders you can tell hate these guys with a passion but Tell me, would you guys rather play Sorokin tomorrow night or Varlamov or uh, whoever starts in that for the Islanders? Who would you guys pick?
1: Honestly, I'd rather more of a challenge. I'd say I think Sorokin's probably the better goalie out of the two. So I hope we play him just because I want to see the least get tested and I want to see them – like, obviously, it's not a very strong team they're playing that hasn't done too well, but I want them to get tested and I want them to really earn a win. I want them to earn a win that they have to play a full game for. Like, it's it's been super frustrating to watch them, like, blow these leads game in, game out. So, like, I just want to see a full, complete game where I don't even have to worry.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just going to agree with Dan. I want to see them face Sorokin. Yeah, he's the tougher goalie. It's going to be more of a challenge to beat him in the net than Vorolomov. Only, I'm only using statistics here. I'm not saying one goalie's better than the other. Because I'm not, I don't watch the Islanders' goalies. I watch the Leafs, but according to the stats, it is Sorokin. So yeah, I think the Leafs need a game where they're pedal to the metal. They gotta they gotta earn a win, especially in a lot of their fans' eyes. After this little stretch they've been on, the Leafs need a they need to prove to the fans that you know, hey, it's the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's Austin Matthews, John Tavares, Mitch Marner, William Nylander. These are the guys that are going to work wonders for us.
0: Well, like you said, Joe, you know, talking about like tests and, you know, the recent stretchy games, the Islanders are a really good opponent to test the Leafs playoff kind of build. The Islanders, they're all built for the postseason. Like I said, they're tough to play against. They hit, they like to fight, they're a very physical hockey team. They take a stupid amount of penalties this year. You know, they just, like I said, you score a couple goals on them, and then they just start gooning it up. They got Matt Martin and Sezikis out there ripping off helmets. It's, It's a mess down there in Long Island. Hate that team. Hate it, hate it, hate it. But, you know, this is also a team that when they are clicking, they are really tough to beat. So, you know, I'm really excited to see, you know, Austin Matthews. We're talking about how this guy can score at, like, such a rapid pace. But tomorrow night, going against, you know, Barry Trotz's Islanders, at the end of the day, they're still being coached by Barry Trotz. You know, you can put anybody on a roster for Trotz to coach, and I still think that Trotz is going to have a chance just because of how great of a hockey coach he is. So, you know, it's going to be tough to beat them, I think. I think this one's going to be extremely low scoring. I think maybe 2-0, 3-0. Hoping the Leafs least blow the doors off, but I don't think that's likely. But, you know, I think this is a great test for this Maple Leaf team, especially in terms of holding leads because – Like I said, the Islanders can't score very much. So once you start letting the Islanders have their uh, chances offensively and they capitalize on those, then you get into a dangerous game. When the Islanders score first, they're a very good hockey team uh, when it comes to protecting leads. So I think they got to be extremely careful with that because their defensive numbers are really good. And you guys talking about Sorokin and Varlamov, I think Varlamov is Trotz's guy. I think, you know, he's been with him. He's a league veteran. I think Chirac trusts Varlamov a little bit more, but Sorokin's playoff run last year proved that he is going to be a future star goalie in this league. And I think he is having the better season. A lot of that is due to Varlamov's injuries this year. So, you know, I've seen Varlamov in potential trades to Edmonton and all that stuff over social media. But I think we see Sorokin on Saturday night. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to that battle because we saw Sorokin steal the Islanders a playoff series uh, in round one last year. So, you know, Sorokin can easily turn a game uh, by himself, sort of like Shesterkin. Both New York teams have such good young goaltenders, and I can't wait to see this one. And I'm really hoping it's a good one for the Leafs.
2: Let's hope so. Yeah.
0: You know, I'm very confident, Joe.
1: What's wrong?
2: Well, <laughs> I... It's
1: hard to be confident, now. <laughs> it's
2: hard to be confident until I'm proven. I want the Leafs to prove me wrong. To yeah. prove... Everyone wrong, pretty much, you know. It was kind of disappointing, especially seeing the Matthews and I'm quoting goal taken away. And I only say that because I've seen worse kicking goals that have been allowed this year.
0: Oh, for sure. That was ridiculous. I was so mad about that call. That is ridiculous. I remember the first or the second game of the year, it was the first game, yeah, it was Seattle against Vegas. And Seattle lost that game after coming back from three nothing down against one of the Cup contenders, supposedly around the league, and they gave Vegas the win off a pure kick. I can't recall who did it, but it was so frustrating when they took that Matthews goal away because, given how the uh, you know they've given some of those calls away this year, you know they've really taken the kicking motion out of the game, and for them to call it at that time in that scenario in that game was so frustrating I think that was an awful call Dan what do you think
1: yeah man like I remember I saw your you tweeted something out about it like two like exact same plays like uh, I think it was the Senators against the Leafs and um that sends the exact same thing literally looked the exact same thing as what Matthews did and of course Matthews gets called off to sends one counts and the one Matthews was scoring was to tie the record for most uh consecutive games on the road with a goal, and I think that's <laughs> that was a little bit of a dagger like I think that was a brutal call, even though like did look a bit questionable, but for compared to like some of the other stuff they allowed, that's brutal.
2: yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm only bringing this up because not because it should have counted because it was a kick the only reason it bothered me is because there has been worse the refing in this league is so inconsistent especially with this kicking motion it it that's the part that annoys me but awful. yeah no
0: awful you're right Joe 100% the inconsistency with refing like those statistics on McDavid and Matthews getting penalty calls it, like that is awful that's ridiculous. Um, what was the other one? Well, the penalty in Vegas when Clifford apparently slew footed the guy. That was awful. That was you know, that got Vegas right back into the game when they scored on the power play to tie it. You know, Leafs have been really shorthanded by the refs in this last stretch since the pause. Even in Colorado, I remember they called like embellishment or something ridiculous. And you know, the Leafs are getting bit by that. But, you know, I guess uh hopefully in the playoffs that doesn't happen because if so you know, there's no way you can beat the refs. Like, you just can't plan for that. You can't strategize for that. So, it's. Uh, I'm really calling for consistency from the refs. You know, I I want to see consistency, but we're just not seeing it. We haven't seen it in years past. We see a lot of refing to the score still. You know, I can't stand that. You know, if it's three nothing, you can't penalize the other team because they've scored three goals already. Trying to make it a close game. That needs to get out of the game. But uh, enough about the refs because this is in the podcast about refing. But uh, you know, as we end the episode here on this very, you know, uh, I guess downward vibe episode, uh, who do you guys think should start this one on Saturday? Because Jack Campbell, I don't know if it's a cause for concern, but I'm pretty sure he's giving up. I think it's 21 goals in his last four games. Uh, do you guys think there's some wear and tear with, uh, you know, soup in the net?
1: Um, Again, like we said before, when he gets in his own head, it kind of, messes up his game a little bit but I think we should start him especially just because the Islanders aren't doing that great they haven't been able to produce offensively and score as much and so like it might do it might be like good for his confidence if we put him in the net and he does well and he like doesn't allow very many and he's saving shots so I think I think it would be the best option to put Campbell in the net just to maybe regain his confidence against a not so great Islanders team. But it could be it could be risky.
2: I'll say this. I'll say it once. Uh, unless it's a doubleheader, I want Campbell starting every game this season. He's this is my opinion. I'm not saying he should. I'm not saying he shouldn't. But he is. He's the Leafs guy right now i don't fully have faith in morazic the backup right now uh i do want campbell i think this is a good redemption game for campbell to like kind of get his head back in the game but campbell is the guy he's if i were if i say if i were the coach a lot of things would be different if i were the coach but yeah I, i say campbell
0: Joe, let's be real. If you were the coach, this team would not be in a playoff spot, nowhere near <laughs> it. Get that out of the way. But, um, you know, I think you got to play Campbell on Saturday. But I'm a full believer in you got to start giving Mirazic some starts. He hasn't had very many this year. Uh, he's had two very serious injuries with the Leafs already since signing that contract. That has a, you know, a lot of people look at his contract, oh, it's 3.8. Yeah, but with the Leafs, that's considered a lot of money given how little cap room they have to use. So you know, I've seen talks about putting Mrazek in a trade. Well, sorry to break to you guys, if Murazik's not playing and he's sitting on the bench, there is no team in the National Hockey League that's going to say, "Give me a goalie that gets broken easily for 3.8 million that has term on his deal," because that is an awful deal right now in terms of value production. Because we are not seeing anything from him. Like Joe just said, we're not we're, like he has no confidence in this guy, and I don't think Sheldon Keefe has confidence either. You know, in the game against Arizona, I talked about last episode. He said, if we got that big save, you know, the game turns around. Yeah, He was definitely talking about the second goal there. But, you know, no one has confidence in Mrazic right now. I like what he's done in the past. He's been a good kind of 1A starter in this league. That's why he got this contract to be that kind of 1A to Campbell. they got to give him some starts here because if you just keep playing Campbell, you're stuck with that Mrazic deal because unless it's a cap dump type trade, there is no team in the National Hockey League that's going to be like, give me Peter Mrazek because I love that contract. No, he can't really stay healthy and the numbers are not leaning in his favor at all this year. It's a serious problem for the Leafs, you know? It is a serious problem. So, um, you know, as we get to the end into this episode, we're hoping for a more positive one on Sunday. Um, you know, hopefully the Leafs get a win, but any uh, last things from you guys before we end the episode?
2: Uh, I'll say this as enthusiastic as I can. Uh, go Leafs, go. <laughs> you
1: know, I got a little more to say, actually. First off, uh, <laughs> just going off, Joe being the coach of the Leafs' comp, and I think if that was the case, Austin McLean, okay. Marner, and Nylander would be on the ice for 60 minutes with Tavares on D. They wouldn't <laughs> even play another defenseman. Campbell <laughs> in Net every game. And Justin Hall wouldn't even be allowed to watch the games, probably. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I'm going to say Go Leafs Go even though it's a little bit more upsetting because of last game. Not so much for our buddy Nate that we brought on the padca- podcast who is probably the biggest bandwagon in the world. Oh, last I'm not year talking about Last year all in on the Lightning, probably 2011, loved the Canucks all the way throughout and then switched up last second he said he wanted the Bruins all the way along like what's that talking about. So he sees the Rangers doing well, hops in the wagon. Go Leafs Go. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Alright, boys. Uh, good little uh, funness to kind of wrap up this episode. Um, Be a bit lighthearted. Let's uh, look forward to Saturday night. Can't wait. Go Leafs go. Thank you all for listening. That's it from us here on the Battleborn Leaves podcast. We'll see you again next week. <laughs>